You, you, you are listening. You are listening. You are listening to the Fly Fishing ninety seven podcast. Well, uh, like good bucktail, right? Uh, it's really hard to find long black bucktail. Uh, it's hard to find like good quality um, uh, deer belly hair right now for you know spinning. Um, it's something I always want more of and in more colors and uh, hen hackle. So I, I like tying soft hackles. I had a really good season fishing soft hackles. I fished them a lot uh, this past year, probably the most I ever have. Like I, I fished an indicator rig primarily, right? I fished chronomids and, and hung leeches. Um, but yeah, there were a lot of days, a lot of days where your throat pumping, you know, half half emerged, whatever they may be. I, I, I posted some of them in a story. Like I was out at a, a lake close to Revelstoke and uh, I was out there for three days and I tried everything on an indicator rig each day just to see if I could hit a hatch and see if it would start popping off. And every day it was like, they don't want anything that isn't moving. And it doesn't matter what it is, as long as it's a size 14, it doesn't <laughs> matter what color It's really weird. Yeah. But that's, yeah. Like I had throat pumps of spiders, mayflies, leeches, ants, all, all in the same, right. Caddis pupas all in the same vial. Hmm. It's like, as long as it's around a size 14, it'll work. So I just use, you know, suggestive like soft tackles, you know, your little tinsel off the back. The Fly Fishing 97 podcast is powered by theflycrate.com, an online fly shop. Join the quarterly fly club today, your source for all things fly fishing. And wait for it films. For action-packed fly fishing videos and camera-related content, check out Wait For It Films on YouTube or at www.theweightcreativeco.com. And Broken Tippet Fly Company, blog and fishing apparel and accessories check them out online at brokentippet.com get ready for fly fishing season with the fly crate we have hundreds of trout bass panfish and saltwater flies ranging from the classic elk hair caddis to jigged euro nymphs join thousands of other fly anglers who fish with the fly crate listeners of the fly fishing 97 podcast get 10 percent off their first order plus receive free shipping on all u.s orders over 45 dollars order today go to www.theflycrate.com and use the promo code flyfish97 to save 10 percent well, welcome to this edition of the Fly Fishing 97 podcast. I'm your host, Mark Hopley, and uh, we're going to do something a little different this time around. I'll tell you what. Um, we were chatting with Brandon King over at Broken Tippet Fly Company. Check him out. He's got a blog, and he said uh, a while back to me, he said, you know, I, I, I want to start giving some love to some of these tires out here. There's a lot of independent fly tires that are really talented, and I want to feature them. And I thought it sounded like a pretty cool idea. So he's doing this fly tire signature series. Okay, so some of the most talented independent fly tires in the business. And we've got a return guy to the show. The first one that he featured in Timothy Jensen, Tim Ties Flies on Instagram. Uh, we've had Tim on before, a former MMA fighter. Now he's busy, uh, busy at work and at the time bench in Kelowna, British Columbia, Canada. Hey, Timothy, thanks for coming on the show again, man. I really appreciate it. 
Yeah, anytime, Mark. Let's let's um let's start with when when Brandon reached out to you. Like, were you kind of like, okay, what's this all about, or how did he uh, first approach you about this uh, fly tire signature series? Uh, Brandon and I had just been chatting back and forth about fly tying and fishing, you know, the local lakes up here and kind of popped this idea and he wanted a little input and it's like, you know, what do you think? And, and we bounced a a couple things off each other and just kind of decided to do this, you know, signature fly tying series. And, uh, yeah, he asked me if I'd be interested in tying for him or I, love to tie so he's like oh i'm gonna tie anyways and yeah i'd like to help out so that's that's Mm. how it started and then you know he kind of left it up to me like whatever i wanted to tie so for this one i did uh what 12 different flies uh all things that have netted me a lot of fish all things that i have a lot of confidence in and uh you know, things that sit in, in my fly box. So, you know, if you're a regular guy, a guy I've never met before and you want a stone fly pattern, maybe I'm giving you like Pat's rubber legs or something like that. Right. But for my own box, I, uh, gussy things up a little bit. Right. So the stone fly, for example, that I tied for, for this one, uh, is like a wire bodied one with, turkey turkey bites for the legs and uh the antenna and the tail like lead wrapped shank um i used for each fly pattern uh for this fly tying series i used uh, black hooks just a little something different right yeah Make cool. it stand out yeah well i thought it was such a great idea because i mean there's so many talented tires out there and i i sometimes feel like on the podcasts and on the blogs a lot of times it's more fishing centered and less tying, and I, I love nerding out on the tying, as you as you know. Um, and maybe we can run down the questions that Brandon asked you. If you get a chance, check them out on on the Broken Tippet blog. But I know one of the first questions that he kind of threw your way was, "How did you first come to discover fly tying? Like, is that something that's fairly recent in your world?" Or walk us through how you came to uh, to start uh, tying. Yeah, so around the time I got married, about five years ago now, uh, my dad and I were talking, and he had tied flies for a long time. Um, he used to fish the rivers uh, when we were young. He's not as much of a, a still water guy, but he'd always be at the table on you know his little $30 vice tying Tom Thumbs and, and Mayfly patterns. And... Uh, you know, his eyes started to fail him a bit and his hands got a, a bit arthritic and, you know, he wasn't enjoying it anymore because it was a struggle for him. And he just kind of passed the torch and, you know, told me, he's like, you better get good at this and, and uh, you know, carry on the family name, so to speak. So I was like, all right, challenge accepted. Yeah. And uh, you don't back yeah. down from a challenge, do you? No, <laughs> no. 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 So I, I, uh, decided I'm at least going to get better than my dad ever was at fly tying. And that, uh, didn't take that long. It's not that he was bad, but I just, I obsessed about it for, well, I'm still obsessing about it, you know, four or five years (laughs) later type thing. But yeah, those first six months, I just, I happened to 
uh, I wasn't working. I took a buyout for a job and I was kind of waiting for something to come along. And I just, I woke up every day and I just, I, I would tie like seven, eight hours a day, right. And start in the morning and well, I thought my I've, wife would call me for dinner and be I've, like, ah, oh, it's only been like an hour or two. And I'd been sitting upstairs all day type thing. Just oh, got yeah. lost in it. Yeah. I feel that. But your time really inspired me because I knew the, when we first, I can't remember what year we first did our interview on this show. If you look into our back catalogs, uh, look up Timothy Jensen, but your tying has improved so quickly. And I think that's kind of the new breed of tires now, you know, um, someone like myself been doing a long time, but ha- didn't have all the tools that, that are available now, whether it's YouTube or, um, you know, basically any video, uh, you can find anything online now. So rather, you know, when you see it done for me, tying is so you need to see it. It's one thing to read it, but another thing to watch it and see it. Would, would you, th- would you agree with that? For sure. I mean, uh, a lot of, a lot of fly tires are still doing things like the old way where they're hanging out in fly shops and looking at the patterns and talking to the fly shop owners, which is something I do all the time, right? I'm at uh, TW Outdoors, formerly Trout Waters Fly and Tackle, you know, every week. Um, but the big advantage for us now is like social media. Not only can you watch fly tying tutorials, you know, or, or hop on YouTube and, and, check out a multitude of different instructionals you've got social media where you can chat with other tires and bounce ideas off each other and right hop on zoom together and and tie yeah it's pretty cool it really is but uh, i wanted to commend you on your tie and your patterns uh, and we'll dig into some of the patterns that you decided to put together for brandon in, in this box but one of the next question that i noticed he asked you was was your choice of vice um, are you still uh, still on at the same you know uh, bench with the same vice, or what are you using these days? Yeah, I'm still on a what a traveler, right? Still on a Ren- a Renzetti traveler, right? Um, I've mashed the jaws up like I think I'm on my third set of jaws. Wow! So I wasn't. <laughs> That's I wasn't. Lot. Well, it's clamping with authority, right? I, you know, I spin a lot of gumpus and all that kind of stuff. And, and uh, maybe as, you know, frustration mounted when I was uh, newer, I, you know, clamp uh, a little like vindictively maybe, maybe. but um, I've been on the same jaws now for probably, I don't know, I want to say like two and a half years. So I've, I've settled down a little bit. I'm going to use that. I'm going to steal that. Clamping with authority. I I know you're tying a lot because I've had the same jaws on mine for, God, I don't know how many years, but uh, if you're going through three sets of jaws in three, four years, that that, that tells me kind of where you're uh, you're practicing, where your tying's at. You're doing it a lot. I love it. Again, you know, a little little mistreatment for sure on on some of the earlier sets of jaws, but yeah, the numbers are definitely there as well. You know, I'm in the thousands upon thousands of flies tied now that's like i'll talk to somebody and they'll be like oh i'm on my third spool of black utc in like two weeks and i'm thinking how many flies do you have to tie to go through a whole spool of thread <laughs> right? right that's nuts 
Uh, so what's, what's your, the next question that Brandon asked you that I love is what, what's your signature fly pattern? I, I think I know the answer cause I do remember this pattern from your post, but throw it out there. What's your, what's your go-to kind of signature fly right now? Yeah. So I've got a dry fly pattern. I call it the Dorothea terrestrial and, uh, I tie it in a bunch of different colors. It's something I started tying when I was pretty new. It just, popped into my head one day and I decided to you know do some R&D and put it on the water and I had fish in the net right away so it's kind of got that deer hair shell back like a like a tom thumb and the front end has got got the wing and the hackle you know similar to a stimulator but I tie them from about size you know 16 would be the smallest that I I would be able to make look good you know um did you, give, is, did you give any of those to dad because i know you say he's a big dry fly guy yeah no my dad's got them my brother's got them i i usually if if i'm tying for someone for the first time and they're like just tie me stuff that works you know like and i'll ask you well you're using the sink line float line the answer is always float line right as a as a new angler yeah. in fly fishing you're gonna get a float set up and they probably haven't figured out their indicator rig yet. So they want to see dry fly takes and I'll always include that as, as one yeah. of the patterns. So it's oh, just yeah. one of those ones again. Yeah. Size like 14 to about size eight and uh, you can tie them in brick reds and browns and greens and oranges and grays. And uh, huh. yeah, you'll, you'll, you'll have fish take them for sure. It's specifically like in the Okanagan, we get hatches of brown flying ants. I'm sure you've seen them. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Right? You get them like, I don't know, last week of June, maybe in the second week of July on some of the higher lakes kind of up by the coke. Mm-hmm. And, uh, yeah, I'll always tie them on, and it's it's never very long before I have a fish in the net with them. So I'd say that was my that is my signature pattern for sure i love it yeah the, and that that hatch is weird you never know when it's coming depends on the elevation sometimes they're like those i call them almost carpenter ants they're like those giant black ones and then there's the uh the bibios and everything in between yeah ants are funny man that's a funny funny hatch but it's one that i definitely in this neck of the woods it's got to be in your arsenal for sure yeah for sure and again, yeah, like in your greens for caddis hatches, you can fish them on a hover line and, and strip them a little bit and just like get them underneath the surface of the water when you see fish turning over and hmm. you'll you'll get lots of takes on them as well. So, One of the other questions that was posed was, okay, so if, if I'm new to tying and I'm just kind of getting my wings, I'm just figuring this out, um, what's a pattern that you would recommend for somebody new to kind of start with? So we did these questions a few months ago. I don't recall my answer, but it's probably like a black and red leech or a, like a pumpkin head. Yeah, I think you said something about a black leech, yeah, which is, yeah. you know, you can't go wrong there. No, it's one of those patterns. You tie it on and you're going to catch fish, right? Like, you know, if you're, if you're like me and you've spent your day trying to match the hatch, and maybe you failed right you're not hitting the cron hatches or you know your your mayfly nymphs aren't hmm. you know uh very fruitful for you you just tie on a black leech and just get some fish in the net so you don't skunk out put, put some meat in the kitchen right yeah <laughs> love it um what's a pattern that when you go to sit down to tie that's kind of uh 
like going home. It's like sentimental, like maybe one of the patterns that you kind of first started with. Yeah, probably the Tom Thumb, right? You know, that's a funny fly. It seems to me that is a real Pacific Northwest fly. I, I don't know how globally that one is fish, but man, does it work. I know they, they fish it in uh, Britain, right? I know I know it's prevalent over there, but honestly, like I've tied on tom thumbs and you know black and white deer hair that I've blended. Like think of a color I've tied it on: reds mm. and grays, gray and orange, all sorts of greens. Sure. Like I fished I fished a a grasshopper hatch um, two seasons ago on the Thompson River. And so it's, you know, there's, there's hoppers everywhere. I can tie hopper patterns. So I'm chucking them and like the fish weren't really taking them. So it wound up being like chartreuse deer hair with a darker green dubbing. And all weekend, that's me and two of my other buddies fished that color. And like we had more fish on that than any other fly by far. It wasn't even close. Well, it's it, tried and true. It's an yeah. old school pattern. It's been around for a long while and. Yeah, it, it just it's super dependable. So for the people out there, if you don't have them in your box, put them in your box, fish them. They work. It's kind of you know what it is to me. It's kind of like the uh, it it's like a version of the humpy without the wing. But there's something about the minimalist version of it that just really produces. I always sometimes I look at it and I think it looks like a bug that's coming out of its shock. You know what I mean? Because it's got that shell back, but it's also got the uh, the flare of the hair on on either end. Yeah. Hmm. Yeah, I agree. I mean, looking at it in hand, you know, it, it as a dry fly, you're like, what, what is this supposed to be? Yeah. And it, it's hard to put your finger on it, but yeah, That's yeah what... sure enough, it does. Like, you fish them under the water a little bit, just under the surface as well, and, you know, they still, they work great, and, and, uh, yeah, just it's another one of those flies that the more it gets chewed on, the the better it works for whatever reason. Yeah, yeah. I know I've had big days when caddis were popping, big days when ants were popping. Um, yeah, you name it, stone flies in right size, right? Mm-hmm. Um, what's the most underrated tool on your bench? Uh, so it's funny because I think. Either Dr. Slick, Dr. Slick or, or um, Loon maybe just started uh, including like cuticle scissors in one of their kits. Uh, but that's that's a tool I, I started using early on. And for, for trimming hackle and trimming hair, um, they work great. You can get in super tight and cut things flush real close to the hook shank. And then with dry fly hackles specifically, if you're using cuticle scissors and you're careful, you'll crack that stem off before you cut the fibers of the hackle. Hmm. So it'll make your dry fly hackle look cleaner than a lot of times with scissors. I find, at least for me personally. Yeah, makes sense. So I reach for them all the time. I reach for them before I reach for scissors a lot of the time. I like them a lot, Hmm. you know, for nano silk maybe to break off not so great you know you still want like a blade right but uh for anything like 
70 denier or heavier you can you can just snip your thread right off of it and yeah they work great that's cool i have not uh really used them on the bench full disclosure i'll i'll try them i uh i stole a pair from my wife when i kind of first started tying and then she bought more and they're all upstairs by my bench (laughs) she always (laughs) has to look for them i you you laugh but that's i'm like that with scissors it's like okay where'd the scissors go I, we'll just go down the tine bench because there's about i don't know 40 sets here <laughs> yeah i'm like a little uh squirrel i just squirrel them away um let's talk whip finish when you finish off your flies tim so do you how many wraps are you doing normally um yeah i do it by feel so Sometimes it'll be like a three-turn three turn whip finish and then a second whip finish. Um, but like, you know, as you, as you touch and adjust your materials and you know how it's sitting and you, you know how solid your thread wraps are, I, I don't always do like, you know, when I, when I started, I was probably doing like a five-turn whip finish and then repeating type thing and really seeding my knots and, you know, and, 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 really concerned and counting the wraps and all that kind of stuff. I don't do that anymore. I, you know, I'm never doing like an eight turn whip finish anyways. So it's not something I, I pay attention to. And it is, it's like, it, it's how it's all by feel. Yeah. And then I just seal it up as soon as I break my thread off, you know, a little dab of uh penetrating glue. Mm-hmm. Um, and I've, I've kind of, I've moved away from uh, finishing with like epoxy resin and, and less, the pattern itself has to do with epoxy. I, I don't like the way it smells. I don't like the fumes from it. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't like changing the batteries in, in my flashlight all the time. <laughs> my UV flashlight killed my, the batteries die in it all the time. So yeah, just yeah. like a penetrating super glue for, for a lot of things now is what I finish with. Good stuff. It's funny you talk about feel. I had uh, Garrett Lesko on, on the show um back to back actually we just did one whole show on on thread um but he was we were talking about the feel and how important the feel is so i know what you mean when you say you finish it's not like you're counting you just kind of go with the flow and it's like it's like that thread tension you don't really think about it kind of becomes part of your dna at some point if you do it enough yeah, for sure. I mean, you know, my my standard whip finish is still probably like a three turn, you know, double whip finish type thing. But there there are times where it's yeah, maybe like a a five turn whip finish, just one one only type thing, and then I'm I'm done. You know, again, I hmm. kind of stopped counting. So when you say um, you use like a some type of glue like a crazy glue it specifically what one is it because i know there i talked to somebody that was really having a heck of a hard time getting the right glue um their local store kept running out of it i guess uh, the tires got onto it but which one is it super glue is it crazy glue is it is specific because they make more than one glue i'm looking for the bottle right now just give me one second just walked over to my, my fly bench here I'm but like, it's a little, it's a little brown bottle, and yep. it's a super thin, penetrating super glue. Hmm. And now, is that brush on, or do you have to squeeze it? How, was that? How's it? How do you apply it? It's the brush. Okay. Yeah, I think I know the one you're talking about. That's yeah. the one that that uh, Buddy was uh, having a heck of a time getting. Yeah, I mean, it's 
It's got like it's uh the heroin stuff, I believe, right? The stickers faded off of the bottle, unfortunately, but it's That's okay. yeah. It's a little little brown bottle, penetrating super glue. There's like there's the penetrating one, and then there's a, like a thin one and a blue bottle, and then there's a green bottle as well. Do you buy that at the local hardware store? Or are you picking that up at TW? Where are you finding that? That's that's at TW. Okay. I haven't like moved into the Sally Hansons and just you know like the store bought super glue just yet. I always yeah forget to go and pick one up whenever you know I'm at a store that would carry it. Yeah. So that's fair. Um, one of the other questions in the uh, fly tire signature series on Broken Tippets blog was, "What's your least favorite pattern?" And I must admit that that's a weird question on some levels, but um, I know I have them. But maybe as a you know a, a pro tire, you don't. <laughs> but you could tie anything, throw throw it at us. But what what don't? You, what's your least favorite pattern if there is such a thing? So again, if, if I'm tying for myself and I'm, I had the time just to sit back and, you know, I'd like, I'm tying a big bait fish. If it takes two hours, like, I don't mind, I don't mind spinning deer hair. I don't mind uh, tying like gumfish and stuff. A lot of guys hate those. I like tying them because I think I'm pretty good at them. Um, oh, man, I don't know. Nothing. I don't mind tying anything. I don't like tying the same thing a million times in a row. Oh, that's my that's my nemesis too. Yeah. Why is that? I I know some people that have the discipline; they can sit down and tie three dozen or something without batting an eye. But for me, it's like I, I I'll do two of anything, and I just want to change it up a little bit. I don't know; it's not good. <laughs> I don't know. Maybe I'm just simple brained, and you know, like I've I've got to be hypnotized by a different color. Like I've stared at yellow and pink for too long; it's not interesting anymore. I just got to move to <laughs> green or blue or something, and. Yeah, I'm good for about a half dozen flies before I start feeling like a little antsy to move on. Yeah, oh, for sure. I feel that. I was tying up some chronomids yesterday, and I don't usually put wing buds on them. I have in the past, but um, Brandon Molzan kind of motivated me in uh, one of his posts. um, I think it was a Togans one, but he had his... uh, I think it was a bleeding olive chronomid, and then it had the, um, you know, the goose biots as the wing buds. And I like, I did one, and I just, I couldn't find any brown goose biots, but I had some white goose biots. So I did that and went, oh, that looks kind of cool. And then I used some olive ones, and I'm just like going, okay, I'm going down a freaking rabbit hole here. <laughs> yeah, there's nothing wrong with that, though, right? Like, those, um, those long sessions at the bench where you're switching up materials and, and you're, so, you know, what can I substitute here? What'll look good? That all spawns different creativity, new fly patterns. And, yeah. you know, like the the one I tied for uh, for the broken tippet thing there, the like Elvis variant chronomid, right? That's mm. just uh, something I sat down and uh, I, was, I was looking at a few different materials. This is a few years ago now. And I'm like, all right, so I got like some Lime Nano some opal mylar okay so we're doing like a limey you know like okay what's my rib i'm gonna do orange and then get like a burnt orange collar orange beading gills same thing r&d drop it in the water i'm in like a you know like a a chromie hatch mm-hmm. and my, so my buddy's fishing chromies so i chuck on this green one because we're throat pumping the odd 
you know, lime colored chronomid. Well, all of a sudden I'm up, you know, four fish to one, and like 10 minutes goes by and I'm, you know, I'm up just, I'm always up in numbers against them. Like, all right, well, this one's staying in the box and tried it on a few different lakes. And, you know, without, without naming lakes, there's uh, you know, Bible camp Lake that you and I have both fished mm-hmm. and, uh, you know, there's a couple spots there. <laughs> I don't want to give away spots either, but I dunk them in the water and you're like, oh, I'm 30 fish day. Perfect. Oh, and yeah. They, they work. So yeah, I love it. It's important. It's important to sit there and, and look at what you have and, and, and look at what historically works and do variants and, and come up with, you know, with new spins on them for sure. Yeah. I like that. That way you, you're always running out of materials and you never have enough flies in your box. And, uh, you know, when it comes down to it, think about it, how many times you really need to tie to fill that box. But there's just something that keeps you going. Are, are you doing a lot of custom orders these days, Timothy? Or what, what, what are you doing uh, at the bench? I, yeah, it seems like I always have two or three kind of custom orders on the go. Dozen here, dozen there, you know. Mm-hmm. 20 24 caddis pupas you know whatever whatever it may be um yeah I, I keep pretty busy and i never advertise that yeah i sell flies anymore it's all word of mouth right it's like i know a guy who can tie really good stuff so i'll send you his way type deal and yeah i don't i don't mind doing it i think i had someone request uh 200 pheasant tail nymphs online just recently Wow. I'm like I'm not I'm not even responding to this. Like there's <laughs> there's no way. I don't have patience for this. Like this is not worth my time. Also, it's almost Christmas. Like I'm gonna sit here and just tie pheasant tail nymphs when I'd like to be drinking rum and eggnogs with my wife. Like I don't think so. Right? You'd have to be a pretty good friend of mine. Two hundred pheasant. That. that would be <laughs> like ingrained in my brain. Like you no, know what no, I mean? I just, no, no. I'd rather just pull my hair out and. No. Yeah, if you DM me, don't ask for two hundred or something. It, it's it's an automatic no every time. Oh, I'm I'm still sending you some DMs. Um, what's um what's your favorite material you're running out of all the time? Is there something that you reach for a lot that you uh, head into TW or elsewhere to say, hey, I need to uh, replenish my supplies? Yeah, I mean, well. Uh, like good bucktail, right? Uh, it's really hard to find long black bucktail. Uh, it's hard to find like good quality um, uh, deer belly hair right now for, you know, spinning. Um, it's something I always want more of and in more colors and uh, hen hackle. So I, I like tying soft hackles. I had a really good season fishing soft hackles. I fished them a lot. Uh, this past year, probably the most I ever have. Like I, I fished an indicator rig primarily, right? I fished chronomids and, and hung leeches. Um, but yeah, there were a lot of days, a lot of days where your throat pumping, you know, half, half emerged, whatever they may be. I, I, I posted some of them in a story. Like I was out at a, a lake close to Revelstoke and uh, I was out there for, three days and i tried everything on an indicator rig each day just to see if i could hit a hatch and see if it would start popping off and every day it was like they don't want anything that isn't moving and it doesn't matter what it is as long as it's a size 14 
<laughs> doesn't matter what color. It's really weird. Yeah. But that's, yeah, like I had throat pumps of spiders, mayflies, leeches, ants, all all in the same, right? Caddis pupas, all in the same vial. Hmm. I was like, as long as it's around a size 14, it'll work. So I just use, you know, suggestive like soft tackles, you know, your little tinsel off the back, uh, a peacock curl body and like a soft tackle up front. Yeah. And uh, yeah, like, you know, it kind of, kind of saved me. But that, that, that weekend. That's, um, that's a skill set right there though, what you just talked about, because for me, that's a, a kind of a process of elimination. It's an observation thing where you go, these throat samples or these food sources are so varied. It's not one hatch, but you, that's smart. If you can dial it down to, well, there's a lot of food in this size. Um, you know, sometimes that's, that's the way to almost create a hatch. Right. Yeah. hundred percent. I mean, you can, you can drag some flies around and, and switch it up and, and just move over, you know, move your spot a couple feet here or there. And so you kind of find a feeding channel and, like I said, yeah, that lake specifically, like I throat pump chronomids as well, but it's just hanging them was, was not working. So I had to, I had to become a little bit more flexible in what I used. Is there anything in your time, Tim, that's changed from when we last spoke? Like, is there, are you motivated differently? Are you like, okay, at a point in your tying now where you're trying to challenge yourself in different ways? Um, I'm just curious because it's been it's been a while since we chatted, and I can tell you've uh, you've picked up a lot of expertise, a lot of skill set over uh, the last few years. Is there anything you could speak to that's maybe changed in your mind? Um, yeah, like when you and I first chatted, uh, I was I was still finding my footing, right, and I had a ton to learn. I wasn't really a, an expert at at anything. Maybe I'd mastered you know, a couple patterns, I mean, two or three, you know, like I think I could do gumfus back then I could do, which are, you know, challenging for a newer tire. Um, I could do some wet fly stuff, obviously like leeches are like day one, they're pretty easy, but I just, I'm trying to refine the skills that I already have, right. I've accumulated uh, a lot of knowledge and I have a more focused approach at the vice. And when I sit down, um, I know pretty quickly if it's going to be a good day or a bad day tying. And I still, I still have bad days. And that's when I start playing around with ideas a lot more. And, you know, maybe I'll tie like, hmm. I'll tie, uh, like sex dungeons or something, something that takes a little while longer, something big. Yeah. Um, like those, you know, those like big bull trout deceivers I was tying, right? Like, mm-hmm. like eight inch, eight inch long. There's a ton of material or, or game changers. Um, and they'll they'll turn out okay, but like it's I'll have days where I'm trying to tie you know dry flies or, or pheasant tail nymphs or or you know some kind of small yeah, and I just the placement and the proportions just aren't quite there. You know they're close, but they're they're off. You know I'm, I'll I'll do a couple that look okay, and then I'm like all right by the third one I should be hitting my stride and 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 everything should be coming together and it's just not and i'm like well instead of tying something subpar that i'm going to stare at and pick apart because i still pick apart every fly tie <laughs> that'll pro- probably never change then that's when i'll like i'll shelf it like i'm not doing a batch of anything today i'm just gonna yeah relax and just you know make it as fun as i can while still accomplishing something something that's gonna wind up in, you know in one of my fly boxes 
I, I know exactly what you mean by that. Because I, I, especially, okay, so Christmas holidays, I do a lot of tying then because usually the weather's not as good. You know, I can't usually be out on the local still or moving water normally. So it's like, okay, let's hit the bench. But when I have in my brain that I'm going to sit down and really get into it, sometimes you don't feel it. You, you know, it's like you go through the motions. It's like, well, I'm going to tie. But then it, it, sometimes it sneaks up on me. You know, you put some tunes on, you get into it, and all of a sudden you're looking at somebody else's pattern that somebody posted. And you're like, oh, man, that's cool. I'm going to try that. And then all of a sudden the juices get flowing and you're back at it. But I find it is very hard to uh, kind of figure out when it's really going to be good does that make sense I, it's near impossible to know walking walking up to your device if you're gonna have a good day or not i've had days where you know i got no responsibilities the house is clean i'm done work for the week everyone's happy yeah you know dinner dinner's in the crock pot like i've got i've got time i've, I've got time you know there's nothing else but the vice and you just walk up and you start tying and there's no rhyme or reason it's just it's not it's not your day, you know, you like your, your mind's not racing. You, you're not distracted. You're focused on what you're doing. You just, something's, something's not right. And, you know, yeah, you can, you can switch it up and, and, and try to do, you know, say like a batch of scuds and move on to a batch of dries or whatever. But there are days where you're just like, okay, I'm going to just play with, play with some ideas and try to salvage my time at the vice and still enjoy it. Right. Cause like mm-hmm. it's not going your way and you try to force it or, you know, that's one of my temper flares for sure. So <laughs> that's that's what I'm tying twenty dozen is something I'm trying to force it. Let's yes. let's, let's not do that. Um no. I'm gonna put you on the spot here, Timothy. Do you remember the patterns that you put specifically in this box? Because um I know one of them is kind of your creation, but walk us through the patterns that uh Brandon's offering here in this box. Yeah, so I like the way I tie scuds, right? I did an epoxy scud for the box. Um, something that, you know, has netted me a lot of fish. I do them with like a, a slightly thicker shell or, or carapace, I guess. Um, I did them in green because, you know, it's my most fruitful color, I would say. Mm, that's a good looking pattern, that one. I'm looking at it. Yeah. Yeah, pretty big fan of those. I did uh, caddis pupa, um, like semi-realistic. So it's uh, some lead wraps underneath. And then I did a yarn body with like, um, I did wally wings. And then uh, like a peacock hurl head. I did some eyes on it. Um, pheasant tail for for like the thorax. Um again something that's just it's netted me fish when the time is right and then i did uh, something a little fancier you've got basically a purple prince nymph with white biots and uh yeah purple houdini uh woven body mm-hmm. so there's a pattern I was heading out to a lake with a buddy of mine. It was a Saturday morning and we had a late start and I was at the vice and I decided, you know, I'll tie one up. It's kind of flashy. We'll see how it goes. I'm going to fish it today. And it was like right away I I had fish on it. Right. So I was like, Oh, something a little different. A lot of juice for a little squeeze is what I say. There's a, not, it's not a big challenge to learn a Houdini weave, but, they sure look pretty cool when they're done. 
That looks like it'd be a lot of work to me. I I, I haven't done any weaving on on patterns, but it it's it's not a lot of work, man. We can jump on like a Zoom call. I'll teach you in five minutes. Cool. Take you. It took me that. uh, it took me three times to get it down, and after that, my on my third attempt, I was like, I was good to go. How about the Wally wings? Uh, Wally wings took a little while. It's yeah. it's how you tie them in, right? It's like just uh leaving the fibers long enough that your thread is going to trap them and you know that they're, they're going to sit where you want them to sit like waxing your thread is not something i i do enough and that would be of some benefit for sure hmm. but uh yeah i mean a little while but i got them down yeah good stuff um i did uh it's, it's a variation of borcher's drake it's the dry fly with the um the black body and the white hackle the and the soft um hen for the uh for the wings there so that's a fly that uh my dad has outfished me with a number of times (laughs) again trying to get him to fish an indicator rig is sometimes like pulling teeth and and when it's slow he just you can you can watch him. He starts eyeing up the dry fly box, and he'll see a little little movement. You know, like he'll yeah. he'll see like a, a little beaver down by a lake, and he'll be like, "Can we just can we go over there and just try over there?" And then, sure enough, he's got fish right away. Right, so I yeah. decided to include that one. That's that's uh, that's a fly that yeah he's he's taken out of my box a number of times. Yeah, um, I got. Go ahead. No, I was going to say it's a good looking pattern and I, I can totally relate to that. I'm the same. Like I start with, if it's not lights out and you're just kind of staring at indies, I start eyeing up the floating line and I'm like, uh, you know, it's like, but then sometimes if you don't commit to any one thing, you're kind of in no man's land and it's probably going to be the most unproductive day you'll ever have too. So sometimes you got to commit to the process, right? For sure. Yeah. I'll, I'll chuck a dry fly for sure. But, uh, you know, I'm probably stripping like a gum fist if if, uh if i'm not hitting on an indicator rig i'm I'm probably going for that gum fist Hmm. as my as my first choice those hits are good you sink yeah hard hard stripping you know you'll have a lot of good days on those so you got some leeches in there also in that box yeah i did uh i did uh like a zonker so it'll be black squirrel for the the tail and then a little uh cherry dubbing like ice dub in the mm-hmm. body and then the collar is like a cherry colored squirrel and then uh some black squirrel to finish it off a little bit of uh flashaboo in there as well super effective love it yeah yeah they came out really nice i was really happy with those ones specifically yeah, then, it's, uh, uh, sorry, carry on. No, let's go ahead. No, I was I was going to ask you what else is in there. I'm I'm actually physically looking at at the box on brokentippet.com as you're describing it. Um, what is the? It looks almost like a McCullough um, sedge or um, McCullough sedge. Thank yeah, you. I did. That, that's it. <laughs> yeah, that was uh, the first time you and I did the podcast. That was my favorite fly. Um, I tie him in in greens with uh 
ginger hackle and a white wing. I did these ones in orange, kind of like an October caddis. Mm-hmm. And uh, also, you know, super effective. I didn't want to tie um, with too much green for the for the signature box because it's the color I tie in the most. I just wanted to give some variance. Yeah, uh, I fished orange Michelux, orange October caddis, you know, orange uh, Alcare caddis a ton, and and they always work great. Oh yeah, yeah. Yeah, so those are those are uh, pretty big. I think I did those on a size six dry fly hook, um, and I put some heavy hackle work into those. There's quite a few hackle uh, wraps on those. They should float like a cork. Good stuff. So, yeah. so um, what's next for you, man? I know I, you've got this uh, this thing going on, broken tippet right now. It sounds like you got some custom orders uh, always, kind of in the background on the go. Uh, any plans for the winter? Anything uh, you're hoping to work on? Uh, for tying, I'll just yeah, just stay consistent. Mm-hmm. Try to put a lot of time in on the vice, right? Um, I'm gonna ice fish this season, probably a handful of times. I've kind of decided I'm getting that itch to get on the water real bad already. I I didn't think it would happen so soon. Well, I thought it'd be. At this, for a couple months but at this rate we're having like the mildest winter that i can recall you got to go up we got to go up the hill a ways to find some ice right now that's for sure right but there's there's already guys doing it in our area right there's yeah. seen a few photos uh, of guys a few videos of guys in, in you know in some of the higher elevation lakes and the, the ice is thick enough to get out there so well, I'll tell you what, if we get any half decent weather like we've had over the Christmas break, I'm firing up the journey. <laughs> it's like yeah. there's there's open water, like there's probably nothing going on, but it's like I don't know. I'm just gonna sit out there with a blob and a hope. Yeah, exactly. Forever. Maybe tie some yeah. flies up. I don't know. Yeah. Just in uh, yeah, in the boat. Yeah, crank the heater. <laughs> Fre- <laughs> freeze my butt off. Yeah. That's never a bad idea. I mean, I, I don't think you'll catch me out there until it warms up a bit, but yeah. a little maybe a little more fair weather than I used to be, right? I I think, uh, yeah, last season I hit ice off a little too early and I stayed on the water a little too late. And I'm like, you know, it, it's all great. It's all well and good being out there with your with your buddies and stuff. But when, you know, the wind's hitting your face and it's ice cold and you, you're expecting a skunk and maybe you get one, you know, and you've sat in a boat for eight hours trying to keep warm. It's just, <laughs> I don't know. I'm still still pretty young. You know, I haven't hit 40 quite yet, but I'm starting to feel like an old man when I'm sitting out in that boat. Just can't get comfortable and all my old injuries start flaring up. Right? I'm like, oh, my, my hip's sore and <laughs> my knee is sore. Like, I, I need a hot cocoa and a couch. Well, it's, a, you know what? Wait till you're in your 50s, but I, I feel that, but... Uh... Yeah, and you probably got from your from your MMA fighting days, I'm sure, and uh, and other things. I'm sure you got a few things. Those things come to haunt you later, especially on cold days. You, you're like they're like little gentle reminders. Yeah. Sometimes not yeah, I, so gentle. I had a knee surgery back in 2011, and just this week, like I've been I've been in the gym um, working out quite a bit the, the yeah. last like about a month now, mm-hmm. and just this past week, man like the the site where I had my my knee surgery has just been bugging the crap out of me. It's yeah. super sore. Like I had a 
bunch of meniscus removed and whatnot and it, it feels like something's bent over and kind of caught and it, it won't release i can feel it in the back of my knees close do you um life. does it feel good to get back to the gym though i'm sure it does yeah i mean like i, I always stay pretty active or i don't let myself get too sedentary you know i'm always trying to do something but uh i've just i've had a lot more purpose in my workouts lately and yeah feeling good feeling strong love it well you're uh you're strong at the vice my friend and uh doing some good things and i want to thank you for uh for what you're doing with broken tippet and brandon um with the uh fly tire signature series and and spending some time uh with us uh talking all things time thanks again man anytime man we've been chatting today with timothy jensen tim ties flies on instagram uh check out uh, the latest blog at uh, broken tippet fly company dot com now that's uh, some of the most talented independent fly tires in the industry the fly tire signature series thanks for joining us folks this time around we'll, we'll catch you next time thanks for listening to the fly fishing 97 podcast powered by the flycrate.com your source for all things fly fishing wait for it films featuring fly fishing videos and camera related content custom music from damian anderson and by BrokenTippet.com.